I want to share with you a word that I feel God's been speaking to me for the last couple of weeks. And this word is mindset reset. Mindset reset. I know that it's critical that we have a godly mindset. And we cannot have a a godly mindset unless we have a God-first mindset, a God-prioritized mindset. When we consider one of the uh, most quoted, used verses in the last few days, one of them would have to be 2 Timothy 1 and 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. That particular writing, the word fear is is speaking of timidity, nervousness, shyness, faint-heartedness. And so if we are experiencing during this time timidity, nervousness, shyness, faint-heartedness, we can be sure that that is not coming from God. There are two other scripture references that, that I believe will help us gain clarity for this mindset reset. And one of those is the familiar scripture in Romans eight twenty eight, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called, who are the called according to his purpose. All things work together. All means all. Not just the good things, but, but the bad things. But Philippians 4, 11 through 13 shares even more clarity for us to have a mindset reset. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Mindset reset. That's what we need. Now, unfortunately, for many people and many times in our life, the key To reset is disruption. When we speak of disruption, we're speaking of disturbance and commotion and trouble and interruption when it comes into our life, distraction and and interference and disorder. If we would really stop and think about the disruptive times in our lives. And when I'm speaking of disruption, I'm speaking of those times when something happened in our life that our frame of reference was changed forever. When we have situations to where on the other side of it, we, we, we no longer see life the way we saw it before we went into it. Life brings disruption and some disruption is unanticipated. And some disruption is anticipated, but you know, you know that a change is coming, but you, but you have no way of knowing exactly how you're going to deal with it. As I share a few of mine over my life, think of yours. Let's think a, a minute about our personal disruptions. 
the first disruption that I remember in my life as a little child, I was six years old and I started school. Now, I started school back in the dark ages before uh, pre-K and and kindergarten and pre-K. And now I think it's going to pre-pre, pre-pre. It really, I think they're starting school when the baby's in the in the mother's womb now. But back whenever, in the dark ages, I had to be six years old. I remember walking into the school, holding my mother's hand, walking into this, to this big area. And that was an unanticipated disruption. I never saw life again the way that I did after that. Then there was anticipated disruption. That's when I went to junior high school and then high school and then went from high school to uh, our our Christian school whenever I was in 11th grade and then moved away from home whenever I was 18 years old. And then unanticipated disruption set in. A fire burned up everything that I had. And then a few months later, my father passed away. Then there was an anticipated disruption. I got married. Now, it was a good one, but it was still a disruption because as we all know who are married, there is a difference in living alone and being married. Then there was the unanticipated disruption of my move to Alexandria, Louisiana, and then my father-in-law passing away, and then 911, and then Melanie's prolonged sickness. These were all unanticipated disruption, but it changed my frame of reference forever. And then an anticipated disruption was relocating, and an unanticipated disruption was moving all the way from Louisiana to Indiana. And so now it's COVID-19. Here we all are with an unanticipated disruption. We deal with it in our lives, and we will continue to deal with anticipated disruption and unanticipated disruption as long as we live. The real issue is not the disruptions. The real issue is what will we intentionally learn from disruption. When I look back at some of the lessons that I learned through disruption, in the first grade, I learned that the world was much bigger than what I thought it was. In the seventh grade, when I went from elementary school to junior high school, um, I realized that in the seventh grade, you need to keep your mouth shut because some of the ninth graders were really big. The fire taught me that material things, everything that, that we own materially can be gone in, in just a matter of moments. And my father's death taught me that, that um, a level of pain and loss and grief like I had never experienced or could even imagine. And on and on I could go talking about lessons from disruption. You have disruption. Now we all share in one. But disruption is a clear invitation to mindset reset. So let's face a fact. If it were not for disruption in many people's lives, they would never even be a Christian today. Unfortunately, if not for disruption, continued disruption, many people would still not be following Jesus Christ. So we need a mindset reset. When we're talking about a reset, we're talking about rearranging the way we think. 
reorganizing or retuning. For many years, I have taught and I've tried to practice three steps when dealing with inevitable life disruptions. One, embrace reality. Two, put my faith in God. And three, take the next best step. So I would like for the remainder of this lesson, and I will not be teaching as long as I usually do because I know that the attention span when it comes to these kinds of broadcasts are, are not very long. So just bear with me for a few minutes. Let's talk a little bit about these three. Embrace reality. Embrace the reality of this present disruption. Embracing, embracing reality does not lessen our faith. You can believe that when Paul was shipwrecked and, and he uh, was plunged into the water, you can believe he did not scream, in Jesus' name, I am not in the water. Or in Jesus' name, I do not feel wet. Or in Jesus' name, who needs that plank that's floating by? That was not the case at all. Paul preferred a boat, but he was very thankful for a plank. And so what we must do is we must embrace the reality of this because right now it, it doesn't matter if the crisis is overblown. It doesn't matter who is overreacting. It, it doesn't matter who is trying to gain political advantage. The reality is much has changed. The economic engine for many people has shut down, and we don't know when or how long it will take to come back up. The reality is people are fearful, and the reality is we, as children of God, have an opportunity to stand up in this day and make somebody's day brighter and help somebody walk through this. So I feel it's very important in times of disruption that we must embrace reality. The second step is to put our faith in God. When we put our faith in God, we, we are putting our faith in God to provide for us whatever it is that, that we need. This may go beyond provision. It's not just, oh, God, provide this thing that I need. It could be direction that we need. It could be wisdom that we need. Paul exampled this. He, he continually left his, his faith in God. I repeat a verse that, that we read, a couple of verses, Philippians 4, 11 through 13. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. I have learned. I am instructed. We must put our faith in God because God is our source. 
God is our source. God is our source. President Trump in last month's booming economy numbers were not our source then, and they are not now, and they will not be in the future. God never intends for his people to allow a human leader or a national economy to be the source of our confidence or our comfort. God can use whoever he wants to use to do whatever he wants to do whenever he wants to do it. But we can rest assured that God alone is our source. He is also a jealous God and will not tolerate his church worshiping other false gods. Our faith must be in God. Our faith must be deepened during this time of disruption. Romans ten seventeen. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I hope this disruption is a mindset reset to God through his word. I hope that this establishes or deepens every one of our connection with God's word. I hope that we will memorize scripture. I hope that we will take the opportunity to build up our own faith. It's... I'm blessed to live in a wonderful house with wonderful people, but it's not their responsibility to build my faith. It's no one else's responsibility to build my faith, and faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I heard one leader uh, say that, that, that if people did not pray and get in the word of God now, I'm speaking of those of us that our lives have been disrupted to where we're not as active. This disruption has thrown some people into major activity, and we need to be praying for all of those uh, people that, that are considered essential, and their businesses are essential, and they're working around the clock. But right now, those of us that our schedules have slowed up or stopped, if we're not praying now, if we're not in the Word of God now, with no excuse whatsoever, God help us. God help us. It's time that we build up our faith. And the last step during disruption is take the next best step. Take the next best Embrace reality. Put your faith in God and take the next best step. The emphasis is on step, not steps. We like steps. We like plans. We, we like everything lined out. We like to say we're doing this this week and then next week and it's going to lead to this next month and this is our plan and this is our one-year plan, this is our five-year plan, this is where I want to be in 10 years and, and all of these kinds of things but but sometimes during disruption, you've, you've got to back it back at least for a while, and you've got to focus on the next best step instead of steps. Several years ago, probably six, probably about six years ago, 
a friend of mine in Alexandria, Louisiana named Gary Slayton. We were having a conversation and, and Gary passed away uh, around four years ago. He was just a, a wonderful man that I enjoyed conversations with. And, and the reason why that I enjoyed conversations with Gary was he was a man that knew how to be kind but also speak his mind. And uh, that's a great combination. Um, some people can speak their mind, but they're not kind, and that, that always messes things up. But he, he, had, he had both of those together. He was a chief negotiator for the Labor's International uh, Union. And so I had been preaching about, about being spirit-filled and spirit-led, and that, that we needed to be people that were spirit-led, we were in a conversation one day, and he said, uh, "He said, Pastor Terry, do you mind if I share something with you that's uh, that's a little below the surface?" I said, well, "Well, sure, Gary, go ahead." He said, "You're going to have a hard time being spirit led." And I said, "Why do you say that?" He said, "Because you like plans, and and you like being in control." And you, you want to know what's happening and, and people like you can really struggle with being spirit led. That is so true. That is, that is true about me. That is true about many of us because we love our lives with exclamation marks. We're doing this and then we're doing this and then we're doing this, but but when those exclamation marks or exclamation points, however you refer to it, but when those exclamation marks do a, when life does a squiggle job on those things and they become question marks, then it's different. We don't like that. But it is what it is. And, and so when we get into situations like this, then we must be content to think step until we can think steps. So let's look at this spiritually. Spiritually speaking, let's take the step to embrace God connection through prayer and the word like we never have before in our life. Let's pray God's agenda. Let's not pray our agenda. I challenge you, the next time you, you pray, don't give God a list of what you want. Start off with thanksgiving and praise like his word says and go to repentance. And, and then why don't you ask God, what do you want me to pray? And go into to kingdom praying and pray God's agenda and, and not just, just ours. We can be disciplined in prayer and God not hear us. Because Psalm 68 and 18 says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. And iniquity, the, the, the basis for iniquity is wanting our own will doing our own thing. And so we must pray his kingdom come. We must pray our kingdom go. We must pray that until it results in total submission to the will of God. So what is God saying to us personally through all of this disruption? 
What is God telling us to do? What is God telling us to change about our lives? In times of disruption, take the step that you can take, and taking that spiritual step is something that every one of us can do. I also feel that we need to take the step to embrace biblical contentment. 1 Timothy 6, 6 through 8, but godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us therewith be content. The biblical baseline for contentment is food and raiment. God does not intend us to become hoarders of his blessings. We must embrace biblical contentment. I know that's anti-American. I know I understand that totally. Um, that's not popular in 2020. But can you imagine what could happen to every one of us if we would at least adjust our thinking to where we were in step with a baseline of biblical contentment, and that is food and clothes. I also believe that we must embrace in this disruption a stranger and pilgrim mentality. First Peter 2 and 11, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust which war against the soul. There are too many people that are homesteading in this world, and we must, we must develop a mindset that we're strangers and pilgrims down here. Now, in the natural this disruption is a great time to reconnect with, with your family. There are many people that are living in, in houses as familiar strangers, and that's not the will of God. It'd be a good time to order your world. It'd be a good time to clear the clutter. And if any of you have lost your job and you're worried about those things, then, then you can go to uh, Dave Ramsey's article on what to do when you're out of work. It's a great, great article. All, all these are good. All these are good. And we are spirit, soul, and body. So there is more to this than, than just the spiritual. But I ask you as I come to a close, please don't waste this time. Invest it. Time is, is either wasted or invested. If you have to use time blocks, then use time blocks. Get, get on some type of a schedule. But don't waste this disruption. Let's have a mindset reset. Take advantage of this. And God help us whenever the ban is lifted and, and whenever I'm not staring at empty seats again and and the churches are full, and when we come back, God help us not to bring back a first of March mindset back into the house of God. What, what, what was our reality when this happened? What was our reality? How prepared, I, I'll, say, I'll say this individually, how prepared was I spiritually for this disruption? How prepared was I emotionally for this disruption? How prepared was I financially 
for this disruption. Now's a good time to take inventory and make needed changes. Now would be a good time to turn some things upside down. Now would be a good time to, to put in order some, some God order that we know that is needed. So let's step up with a mindset reset and let's see some long-term good done during this time of disruption. Let's see the good of connecting more deeply with God, connecting with our family, connecting with our neighbors. I've checked on a couple of our neighbors. Why don't you check on some of your neighbors? If, if God drops somebody's name in your mind right now, uh, it may not be just for you to say, God bless them, but it, it could well be for you to call them or text them and check on them. Kingdom expansion can happen now. I read where someone said the church has left the building. The church has left the building. Quite frankly, I'm glad that the church had to leave the building. Quite frankly, I'm thrilled as I can be that people are having to think of different ways and, and getting out of our ruts of thinking how we're doing church. Quite frankly, I believe that, that we had better all realize that the, the foundation of the church is the individual homes and that we need to get to equipping heads of households and get this thing right. But when we come back, in those days when everyone comes back, Please don't come back with a mindset that many of us left with. Let's embrace this disruption. Let's have a mindset reset. And let's get some things right in our minds. And let's step up to the times that God has called us for and allowed us to be a part of. How about closing your eyes right now? And why don't we pray together? God, we are so thankful for your blessings. We're thankful for your goodness. We're thankful, God, that we are not alone. We're thankful that we've not faced anything that, that surprised you, and we will never face anything that surprises you. Our faith, our confidence is in you. Whatever you need to see accomplished through this disruption then God, we're on your side. We'll do whatever that we need to do. We're just thankful that we're not alone and that you are with us. We love you. We submit our lives to you. It is for your kingdom. It is not for ours. Thank you that you're with us.